Hi, and welcome to today's podcast. It's Thursday, September 15th. If you are very much looking forward to saying goodbye to Queen Elizabeth and the ceremony, the goodbye, the celebration of her life, and so much more that's happening on Monday, this episode is for you. If, uh, if you're looking for some ways that you might have overlooked or some new tools for your Batman utility belt to save some money while doing food shopping or shaving some dollars off of the costs of your food bill, this episode is for you. If you love candy corn or want to be taunted by my love of candy corn, This episode is for you. It's our monthly visit with the food editor, features person at The Blade, and my friend. Stay tuned deep into the episode so we can talk about a very great, a very gracious honor Mary Bill you received from from some of my friends at the Jewish Federation. Let's say hi to Mary now. I was like, I'm right in the middle of this big long story, and then literally just as I was about to, I had just cut and pasted something in a story is about to hit save, and I save a lot because I'm always expecting some disaster, either with our system or whatever. And all of a sudden, the screen goes blank, and it restarts, and I'm just like, like I'm not a swearing woman, but this computer has just been you know, riddled with curses in the last like half hour as it did that, and now I have to remember everything I had already thought I had typed. So <laughs> I'm going to take a break and chat with you about good things like candy corn. <laughs> There's Well, we can start with there. Um, do you have any insight for how I can continue to taunt people for the next six weeks? Well, um, there's always tailgate candy corn. Um, we're not doing that again, but I, I like candy (laughs) corn, candy corn. Like maybe I should throw out some kind of discussion. Like you can't, you can't crap all over candy corn until you've had like the pumpkins or the ones that are have a little brown in them. But I look at it this yeah, way: there's autumn mix that has a couple different variations. There's a candy corn out there for everybody. Perhaps. Perhaps. Well, I look if people. There are people who loathe it so much that I'm not sure there's anything you can do for them. Nothing you can do to help them. Save them. Well, they're, Save their soul. <laughs> I look at them like war criminals, and they will pay a, a harsh penalty one day. Um, if everybody can can shove pumpkin spice this and that down everybody else's throat, I can shove candy corn down everybody else's throat who isn't drinking a pumpkin spice latte. Have you ever seen pumpkin spice candy corn? I don't know that that's been made, but that's that's a creation waiting to happen. No, no. Could you could you imagine those two those two Halloween and fall powers colliding? It would be complete universal domination. I was going to say it would be like something out of like the Marvel universe. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Uh, it would be stronger than what killed the dinosaur. So maybe, <laughs> right. you know, I. Well, we need to do this. Conquer the world. Pumpkin spice. Well, I don't want to conquer the world. That's way too much responsibility. Do you want that? Yes and no. Like, yes, it is too much responsibility. On the other hand, there are days where I really want to, I really wish I ran the circus. No, I know. And now, okay, because I completely (laughs) agree. I I would be a mostly uh, mostly benevolent dictator. But the sheer email volume is probably just not worth it. Well, see, in our world, we would just... You know, ban it. Ban email. Yes, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to reach me, you'll have to send something on parchment, Game of Thrones style. 
There you go. Um, all right, let, let's dive into this. I, I asked you a question, something that I think would be extremely helpful to people because uh, money problems are not subsiding. Although, as I expected, we did avert the uh, railway strike. Never, uh, never gets. You know this because you you're in the union there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Never, never worry about a strike until like the clock strikes midnight because that's when deals tend to get done. But it is good that we averted this strike because costs across the board would have gone up even higher. But what is a what's a way where people can shave a little money or save a little money from their food budgets? Maybe little things that they're overlooking. Um. Well, you know, I think that the you know shopping the the sales is obvious. Um, I'm a I'm a huge fan of manager specials. People tend to live in fear of expiration dates, and I've written about them before. I've talked about them before. Lots of people have talked about them. People still live in fear of expiration dates. Uh, they're really sell by dates, and they're more of a business date than they are uh, the food is going bad date. Um, so you can look all over the store and and see. You know, I don't know, milk that maybe is is going to be, you know, past its sell-by date tomorrow. It's, it's not turning into cottage cheese tomorrow, but you can get it for cheaper if you buy it because it's got that little sticker on it. Uh, you know, like if you look at the meat and some of it's gone gray, you know, have some God-given sense and don't buy that. Um, but a lot of people, and I have a couple of family members who do this, like they decide what they want for dinner. And they will buy, let's say they want tacos. So they will buy the flour tortillas. They will buy the, the boneless chick, chicken breast, which I can't understand because you're just dumping all the taco stuff on it anyway. But, you know, we all have our little, our little quirks. Um, they will buy the head of lettuce. They will buy the cheese at whatever price these things are. And, you know, $20 later, they've got a dinner. Whereas me, I would say, hey, look, the, the boneless skin chicken thighs as opposed to the breast on sale and I can get a package for say two bucks and they don't look bad and they're not you know the date isn't even until say tomorrow or the next day so they're still good I mean use them quickly or freeze them um, and and I might have some some tortillas at home already and just you know don't buy the salsa don't buy you know play with what you've got make something new and you know for for maybe five bucks I've made a similar dinner you know, go and find what's on sale, what's what's reasonably priced, what's freshest, um, what's in season. Be inspired by that, kind of like chopped, rather than going in with a set plan that you're not inclined or willing to deviate from. That even that even takes out the fact of what we briefly discussed yesterday. I've never been the kind of person to set a menu for the week simply because what if Tuesday rolls around and I don't want Italian and I want something else instead but here you are you're locked into that because you bought the ingredients exactly you know and in some cases it's easier to have a menu or at least say here are the five things I want to make this week based on what my schedule is um you know whether you're locked into you know Wednesday is you know I'm old enough that I remember the old Wednesday is Prince Spaghetti Day commercials (laughs) um and I'm not sure if that's a regional thing either so I may be talking only to myself at that point but, but yeah, try not to lock yourself in. Uh, and I do understand that there are some cases, like when people have dietary concerns or, say, you know, a child who's very, very picky, like, like kids who are on the autism spectrum can be very, very, very rigid. 
there are some things you cannot deviate from. If there's a place you can, a place you can be flexible, by all means do it. Like you had said that, you know, like you, you talk about not wanting to have your plan for the five days, but your plan for the five days is pretty much you're having salad and you have chicken. You need a very, a very nutritious uh, dinner. But you've been supplementing that to try to save on the chicken, right? Uh, yes. What I do to to stretch my chicken out farther, I have been buying some some carbs, like the different um, kind of pastas that are made from God. They make them from everything these days. Uh, chickpeas. I forget what else I have at home, but there's some protein in there, so they're a little more filling. And those boxes are like. Mm-hmm. <sighs> God, like no more than like two or three bucks. They're often on sale. So I dabble some of that in so I can stretch my chicken out. Um, that's one of my cost-saving measures. I have also, and I, I've encouraged people here a little bit and on the air as well, when, when costs really started rising, it's like now would be a great time to uh, to maybe adjust your diet a little bit or just what you eat because one, mm-hmm. um, things have gotten costly and two, everybody likes to lose a couple of pounds. So now might be the time um, because of financial reasons to dive into having a few more salads, steaming some more vegetables, because typically fruits and vegetables are already cheaper than other things. I can't speak to whether or not the costs of these things have gone up uh, similar to other products that have, pro- that have become problematic for people. I do know that uh, lettuce, which is like my, that's my, that's my base. Like I guess people buy eggs and milk. Lettuce is my base for all my salads. And it did go yeah. up, it did go up quite a bit. Uh, now look, it didn't, it didn't rack my budget because it's so cheap to begin with. And actually quite, uh, quite recently, um, I found this, uh, this, this thing of lettuce that lasts me the entire week. It's romaine. It's, it's either romaine or green leaf. I would say mm-hmm. if you if the the bags you can buy bags that are like three stalks. This is about that, and it's a dollar ninety eight at Walmart. When I first started buying this stuff, I thought it was some kind of manager special, and I kind of even right. like looked the other way, and I was like, "Am I stealing right now?" And that's yeah. that's been the regular price. Um, wow! So that that's been one of those little things where you know what I always used to uh, I would go to Monet's to get all this stuff. But just uh-huh. to save some time or for convenience, that's where I've been getting my base. And um, um, I, I made some some trimmings, I guess. Um, avocados. I, I really enjoy avocados. Talk about something else filling for, for a lighter salad. Avocados are great. But you know what? A buck in avocado is not something that I, I want to spend that on right now. Or if I get the bag... Um, the bag is certainly cheaper, but I might not, they might go bad before I can use them. And it, yeah, it, cause it there's t- about a four minute window on avocados <laughs> and bananas and you get, you'd be there or be square. Yeah. You know, you've got to be there and watch them. When I buy my avocados, I will typically buy three or four, maybe even five for the week, depending on what they are, but not anymore. And I will buy them at all different stages of ripeness. It's a little harder to yeah. do that in the bag. And I buy the bag and they all get ripe on Thursday. And I'm like, shit, I have to throw two of them out because over the weekend, the diet's a little different. So maybe more than anything, um, just because of the, the inflation to, to food, which we all need, it requires a little bit more thought, but not everything is an insurmountable challenge. Well, you know, like the fruits and vegetables is a really good idea, particularly considering that it's the end of summer. And, and so we have this amazing bounty of all the berries, all the corn, all the peppers, all the things like that. 
And when you talk about supplementing, say, your, your chicken and salad with the, with the protein pasta, um, you know, you can supplement, say, the tacos I mentioned before and make them almost more, like more fajita-like, you, you know, use, use less ground beef or less chicken and, and make them with more peppers and more onions. A little more and, and that's still filling. It's more yeah. colorful. It's more enticing. It's more flavorful. Um, you know, like in the past, and I've not done it for a while, but in the past, I have actually taken the, um, you know, the snap card challenges where they challenge you to yeah. to to live on that three dollars a day per person, and and it's it's really hard. It's much harder than you think. And I I've had advantages in that I have. Um, I had a pantry and a refrigerator, and I tried really hard not to rely upon them to really just have to go out and buy, say, the dollar bottle of salad dressing or, you know, the, the, the cans of beans or the dried beans. Because if you buy, say, dried beans and then soak them overnight and then cook them, uh, you, you can save money. The bags of beans are cheaper than buying the cans. Um, you have to put a lot of work in, you know, the people who are really hurting, you know, the, the, the usage of food banks has gone up as astronomically as the food prices have. And, and, and it's all fine and good for people in our situation to say, oh, here are some things you could do. But when you're really trying to live that life and you're really trying to work that and you've got your kids with you and they've got, you know, food allergies and you've got differing schedules, it's so, so hard and even just the the extra step of soaking those beans overnight and then having to cook them before you can put them say on a tostada is 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 really burdensome it doesn't sound like it for somebody you know like me who makes dinner every night practically but it it, it's a lot to ask of people so so this situation with the grocery prices and the inflation is is really really difficult i would say eggs are again eggs are, are a very cheap source of protein, but they've gone up a lot, as have vegetables. Um, but eggs have a million different uses, such that you don't get quite as tired of them uh, as you might some other foods, because you could do so many different things with them. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough time, and people, people need all the, all the help and support and, and creative ideas that they can get at this point. You, you have a great point, and maybe we can stretch this out a little bit more. You touched on it a mm-hmm. little bit with, like, the fajitas, and it's like, load up on the onions or the peppers. It's, that was my Subway trick. Like, they would charge you for extra meat, but I'm like, keep loading that lettuce on, Steve. Keep they going. Um, but, like, what are maybe some, what are some other foods, and we didn't we didn't plan for this, but you bring up eggs and how there are different ways yeah. to, to use them. I have no problem with eggs. I should actually probably whip, make some uh, hard-boiled eggs and use them for mm-hmm. my salad. You said they're, they're very diverse. What are some maybe yeah. other other foods like that while sure they've gone up in, in cost but they have so many uses it's worth um uh, it's worth continuing to buy them can you think of any others like that um i would say pasta and um and like the ones that you are talking about the ones that are made out of lentils or chickpeas i know that there are some pastas that are made out of corn which is another variety of carb rather than a protein but depending upon what your dietary needs are there's probably a pasta out there in the universe for you um but even if you're just buying like the the on sale dollar bottle or box of standard issue white flour pasta, pasta again, you know, we all think of spaghetti with tomato sauce. I made I made pasta recently with a little bit of mustard and cream sauce because I happen to like mustard 
uh, and I happen to like this cream sauce. Um, just kind of play with your food, essentially. You know, pasta is another thing. But when you look at the different shapes, the different toppings, um, you can, you can if you have a little bit of leftover pasta, you can cook it up in a frittata with some leftover vegetables. Don't, don't be afraid to throw your, your leftovers all into something like a, a frittata or like a, I, I often make like a spaghetti pie. If I've got some leftover spaghetti and it's not enough to feed three people, but I've got some spinach and I've got some broccoli and I've got some zucchini and I've got some onions and I've got, you know, a cup of tomato sauce and a couple of eggs, throw it in, splash it around in the, you know, in the, add it into the, the casserole dish, bake it up, and all of a sudden you've got a casserole. One of the other things that had me fall over, and I don't often look at uh, at, at at these items, but I did to kind of prep for this discussion. Uh, we talked about mm-hmm. boxes of cereals, which were, were when I, ones I saw yesterday were well over five bucks. Um, oh, it's insane. I used to really like, um, my, my mom would buy them for me or I would get them. The Alexa brand... Uh, like French fries or oh, yeah. some kind of potato thing. I think the bag was like five ninety nine, and it's not even a big bag. And no. I can't imagine. Maybe people are still buying those. Um, but you know, you while it's not going to be a waffle fry, you could get a potato, cut it up, um, do what you want with it, uh, refrigerate it, and use it as a snack or something. But like just seeing some of these prices for places there are workarounds is is just it's just mind blowing. Well, you know, I always I always say that people people uh, devote what they have. So in some cases, people devote their time to cutting up the potato, putting on their own seasonings, baking or frying them up. Um, other people don't have as much time, or they don't like to cook. Um, they will spend the money. Everybody, there's a cost somewhere somehow. Yeah, it's just a matter of what you're paying. Yep. What you're willing to pay for it in time or money well, or that, convenience or whatever. And that's the other aspect of this. Um, if if you have the ability, maybe the way to save some money is to use it on time. Um, like we just mentioned, maybe if you can find 10 minutes instead of buying the, the Aura Ida tater tots and whatever it might cost now, get a couple potatoes, mm-hmm. cut them up. and Because, again... Everybody's tight on schedules, but if you can find the time to prep it a little bit, you might find yourself actually enjoying it and seeing that you can even save a bunch of money on it as well. Right, right. You know, the thing is, is like, you know, go, to go back to what I was saying uh, before, though, is, you know, when people who who maybe are working off schedules or they're working, you know, several part-time jobs and and they've got a lot of factors already against them, and they've got kids to feed, and and um, and you know homework to help with, and 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 I you know really a lot of, of not only financial stress but other kinds of life stress. To ask them to always have to be because they don't have the money to give, to always have to give that time of you know making things from scratch or or compromising because they need convenience products. It's just, it's just so hard. And, you know, I still hear, I was, I forget where I was. What is it? I was at the grocery store the other day and they didn't, I guess it was more crowded in the morning than they had anticipated and they didn't have enough registers open. And I could hear some woman calling out, see, people just don't want to work anymore. And people <laughs> are just so, so unsympathetic to, to, 
to the people who are really, really having a difficult time right now. It's not necessarily the people don't want to work or that they don't want to eat healthful food. You know, they just have so many complications that make it difficult without my going into, you know, an hour long tirade about it. Uh, a, a quick note to push back a, a little bit. Um, maybe mm-hmm. you could work a little bit less because you're able to cut the time out to save some money on your grocery bill. Mm-hmm. Just saying. I mean, and everybody's different. Yeah. Can we have another supermarket? Yes, yeah, I like I like the chopping. I like the stirring. I like the doing things like that. So for me, it's sort of a form of relaxation. You know, chopping mm-hmm. is very meditative. For somebody else who who has to do it for financial reasons, then it's just burdensome. Could be. So there, a lot of a lot of this is really just dependent upon who and who we are and where we are in our lives. Yeah, but there are ways that you can try to economize and and try to save at least a little bit. Can I ask you another supermarket question? Sure. How do you feel about um, self checkout? Um, I'm I'm conflicted. Um, my overriding sensibility is that I don't want to take anybody's job and give it to a machine. Uh, I also, you know, I really get to know the, the the cashiers. There's there's one in particular, Denny, at the Kroger that I usually go to at Bancroft and um, Hall in Sylvania. We chat all the time, you know. We catch each other up on what's been going on for the week, and 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 it, and it's nice to see him. It's nice to see my friends there. Um, at the same time, sometimes things just move more quickly if you can just get in there, get your get your few things, scan them and go. Um, they always do have somebody monitoring those. And so at least there is, there is that consideration. Um, I just, I don't want to see it take over. Okay. Uh, I'm the same. What is your feeling? I, I have a lot of things with this, but the, the newest thought is something that I saw somebody say the other day. Um, especially now, I don't want to see, I mean, there's a lot of pushback. People will say, I don't want to see people losing jobs. You know what, mm-hmm. though? Some of those people are not getting paid as they should. The stores might not want to pay them what they should. And some of those people, a lot of, I mean, that is not a glamorous job. So it might not be the worst no, thing in the world. Yeah. So it might not be the worst thing in the world to, to sacrifice that. Um, but, and I thought that was a reasonable counterpoint because I think eventually everybody's going to be bagging and checking out their own stuff. Um, but I am quite ruthless when it comes to self-checkout stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm My mom had me help her when we had an entire Sunday of food shopping. Oh, no, we got to double bag that, put the paper in the plastic and no. And so oh, yeah. I'm good at checking out. Um and if somebody has a couple of items and they're fumbling through the machine, it's it's fine. I get that. But when I see Kendra with a cart full of items and she uh-huh. is slow on the self-checkout, I don't like her being in that line. Also, when Kendra lets little Bobby do the cart full of items in the self-checkout, especially when the, when it's a busy time... I want to throw that person into a volcano because it's extremely disrespectful. Yes, because the, the whole point of the self-checkout is yes. it's supposed to be expedient. Yes. Not holding everything up. Correct. 
Um, Let the pros do it. Yes. Rather than I, I have actually wanted to to help people before, but I know it would be they they might feel like they're they're being accosted. But yeah, they're, they're, we need to have a little bit more self respect in the in the self checkout line, and it's kind of like, um, if I'll use a sports analogy, um, if if what's the best sports analogy? Basketball, baseball. If you can't hit a ninety mile an hour fastball. Uh, don't get into that batting cage. Go over to the softball cage because you're clogging this one up. I mean, that's a that's a very sloppy yeah. analogy, but like know but, know your talents, know your limits. There you go. Um, In many areas of life, yeah, you absolutely. Need to do that. Um, stepping away from uh, the supermarket, do you have anything okay. else pressing on your uh, on your monthly list that you always bring to the podcast? Um, well, we've covered groceries. We've covered candy corn. Um, my my other two obsessions are the British Bake Off comes back this week, and Queen Elizabeth has passed away. The, and, and you probably don't want to get me started on either one of those because they are all consuming. <laughs> well, I do have some things. I mean, how can you not talk about the Queen? So uh, I know the corgis have gone to Prince Andrew. Um, her body yes. is laying in repose now. Did I say that right? She's lying in state at Westminster Hall. Which yes, she'll be there until Monday morning when they, they take her to the funeral. I think this could be one of these archaic traditions we might want to do away with. I'm I'm okay with dead bodies. I want to go to the morgue. But watching a dead body or going to visit a dead body in mass in such a public way, um mm-hmm. it's a it's, I don't know, you need to go talk to the four miles worth of people who I, are waiting to, to oh, bow know. their heads and oh, say goodbye. I know, I know. I mean, like I and thankfully you cleared this up for me yesterday. Thankfully it's not like open like like they, they let no. Lenin lay around a hundred years ago. So yeah. that's good. And Monday is the big day. Like I I have. I was wondering. Whenever like the big day is, it's probably going to be the watched, the most watched telecast in human history, and that's Monday, right? Yes, indeed. It's um, the funeral itself is scheduled to start at eleven o'clock their time, which is six o'clock in the morning our time. But through the middle of the night, they're still going to be pregame. You know, shutting down the yeah, exactly the pregame. Um, you know, shutting down the lying in state. Um, the the procession. From Westminster Hall to the to the church, um, you know, bake some scones and and you know, pour some coffee. <laughs> it's, you'll, you need coffee; it's stronger than tea, and and just be there. What? How? And yes, they'll have a thousand reruns for the next three days afterwards. How are you? How are you going to watch it? I'm sure some people might might put a party together. I mean, it is in a way like a Super Bowl. It is, but it it warrants it. You know, like I got together with friends when uh, when Harry and Meghan got married, um, and, and but this is this is different. Um, so I'd like if you have people in your house, if you have other people who are crazy enough to get up at five o'clock in the morning to watch a funeral, um, by all means get together. But I'm thinking that this is this is. Not necessarily solitary. In my case, I'll be the only one up watching. But, um, but it's a more somber occasion. It's not a it's not a tea party kind of thing. No, no. Do you have any guesses? If you maybe read anything, um, how many people might tune in for this? Oh, people will tune in worldwide. I mean, this will, this will be like watching you know one of the royal weddings. 
How many people have tuned in for that kind of thing? Oh, God, I would have to look that up. Okay. The Super Bowl is like 100 million, and that's only like this country. You're right. This is like the globe. Yeah, because nobody else in the world cares. This could be like... I don't care either. (laughs) This could be hundreds of millions. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, people people who care will watch. People who are sort of curious will watch. Um, People who, you know, like the anti-monarchists probably won't watch unless they sit there and, and, you know, hope that... That, that this is the final downfall, you know, and the Legos start toppling after this. But, um, but yeah, it, it, it will be watched all over. You know, they say that you know that the the sun never set on the British Empire. The sun is not going to set on the on the funeral. I mean, it's just going to cover the whole planet. Do you think interest though will be at the lowest level ever? Considering the current state of, of affairs in that family, because you got a a pretty boring, reticent guy who is now king who has some some baggage um yeah megan and harry are just two they're like everybody else living in la hot and rich and um and his brother and the family are, are very laid back and maybe that will change knowing that i guess he's the heir and um charles isn't going to live forever but it doesn't seem no, like but there's lo- there's huge longevity in his family he could easily still have another 25 30 years charles his mother was 96. Yeah. His father was 99. The queen mother, Elizabeth's mother, died at 102. He's got very, very good genes. Fair enough. Fair enough. And he's 73, so he could, you know, another 20 years takes him to 93. What What is your, your take on the interest level, like I, I laid out there, with, with everybody else uh, in the in the family? What do you mean with regard to the funeral or just as uh, the monarchy no, continues and how yeah, it's going to continue? Yeah, like we knew that. Charles ha- will never have the affection that his mother had. He does, as you say, come with baggage, although he's had 25 years since Diana passed away to redeem his image, for Camilla to redeem her image. You know, they were not not to excuse any of their behaviors. I mean, they were all guilty each in their own way of of, of different atrocities. Um, but they were also very much victims of circumstance and, and rules and regulations and logistics and tradition. Um, Charles and Camilla are happy now. They've been, they've been, you know, essentially, you know, they've been together for most of their lives. They've been married 17 years. She, by all accounts, is very down to earth. She likes dogs. Uh, she likes horses. She's got a good sense of humor. She's a hard worker. Does that excuse, you know, having been the other woman? Um, oh, look, half half the planet who gets, well, at least half of, uh, like, the Western culture that gets married does what they did. So I don't want to, he- yeah, be, be so, careful of the house you live in. <laughs> so, you know, they're, they're they, like I say, they were victims of circumstance, and and they're happy now. And they'll serve well, and I think Charles will be a better king now, having having had so many years to prepare and to mature than he would have been earlier on. He will he will never have the affection his mother had, but but I think he'll do okay. I mean, he doesn't have much to do. But um, people are really waiting for William. They really want yeah, William. Yeah, so that, that's what I wanted to get to. Um, that, like the, his kids, obviously, like he's grandfather now. Um, she passed away. That's kind of what everyone was waiting for. 
so what is the next benchmark in the in the royal family that people like yourself will look forward to? Um, well, William and Harry are both married. They've got kids. I'm not expecting, unless Harry and Meghan have another baby, I'm not expecting William and Catherine to. Um, not that I'm psychic or like I have any ins on this, but, um, um, I, I think things will kind of go along. I mean, mostly I think it's more about the Commonwealth. You know, Barbados has left the Commonwealth. A lot of other countries are talking about it. And it's not going to be because Charles does anything or because Charles has, a, you know, has, a, you know, has become the monarch. I think it's just time. It's, it's time to sort of break up some of that colonial history. And, as, and with my great affection for the royal family and having watched all the weddings and the funerals and hurrying, having planned my menu for Monday, you know, I don't in any way dismiss or disregard the colonial history, the slavery, the, the, the dragon's hoard of jewels. Like you look at, the, at where her coffin is laid out and the, the gorgeous imperial crown, like it is, it is just gorgeous. And as it was being paraded yesterday with her, the sun was shining on it and it sparkled. Like I, 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 I don't neglect any of that, but and could could Elizabeth and potentially now perhaps this would be Charles's big moment? Um, could could there be some greater effort at at apology and reconciliation? I'm not sure how how viable reparations are. Um, could could more be done to acknowledge that history? Absolutely, and I think this could be one of Charles's shining moments in addition to climate change, which he's been a very big advocate about um for many 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 years you know this is not not new for him um but i think it's it's just time for for the commonwealth to start breaking up and for there to be the, the independent republic maybe uh and that's what i wanted to get to maybe the landmark will be whatever he can help accomplish when it comes to climate change mm-hmm. I, I don't ever want to be too much of an alarmist but i mean whether Weather and meteorological events are weather and meteorological events. It, it's not. It's not like someone is sensationalizing the fact that Europe has been hotter than ever. Um, we keep or having. Or the half of Bangladesh is covered in water. Yeah, all, all like that's not sensationalized. It's very easy to no. track that back through history, and maybe his legacy will be whatever he can do um, as king to impact this. Uh, I I know. Like it's what Al Gore tried to take up after he invented the internet and lost the 2000 election to hanging chads. Um, And maybe he pushed that ball forward a little bit and considering the, the challenging treacherous deadly times we've been in the last decade or so, perhaps that's what he can focus whatever resources he has on. Cause uh, they don't have a lot of air conditioning over there. And my friend Philip said it was freaking hot there this summer. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Now, the, the, the monarch is supposed to be sort of above politics, which is not to say that he can't still have influence. But, like, you look at Elizabeth and think of, like, some of the, the, major, the major issues, like Brexit. She never came out publicly and said whether she was for or against. You know, there, there has to be a certain above the fray in his new capacity. But that won't mean that he won't be able to exert some influence. And, that's, and climate change is has been one of his passion projects for a long time. And I and I like to say that everything is politics, but it's a it, Brexit was 
politics. You're talking about like money and finances and, and, and economies. And uh, again, this is like I can't look outside and, and see any of that stuff. I can look outside and see sweltering heat, not like yeah. see the heat, but I can see the scorching heat on the streets of London. Like that's something right. that, that impacts everybody, short term, midterm and long term. So I, I know it gets politicized, but I think if he is definitely able to communicate that, um, he can he can make it less political than it really needs to be. Right. And I mean, he still does have all the visiting, all the, the glad handing, all the talks to Parliament, you know, speeches to give and whatnot. And, you know, he can still make make good use of his platform. Yeah. Um, anything else on your mind before we wrap up here? Um, What's coming take up? Off his back, so don't try to hit me on social media because <laughs> until I can watch it on Netflix on Friday, I'm I'm banning any possible spoilers. Previews of some upcoming work you've got with the Blade. Um, let's see. There's a new Cherry Burners. Um, there, are, I, I thought it was a big, big deal, but there are people I found out who still don't realize that it's Verner's first new flavor in 50 years. Yeah, and the Toledo area is the only one, the only place outside the state of Michigan that is privileged to have access to it. Uh, so I've got a story about that on Sunday. Um, apple season is here. The Jewish high holidays are coming up. The two of those go together. So I've got some apple desserts coming up for people. And these are, these are much loved recipes that have been handed down from, from moms and grandmas. So, so there's something to look forward to. Okay. Uh, off the top of your head, what is your very favorite apple thing this time of year? Oh, geez. Uh that that is a hard question. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with the obvious, the cider and donuts. Fair because, enough. Because it's it, because it's so much of it is the experience. You know, yeah, you can eat. You know, you can bring home a box of Entenmann's and and a jug of cider and eat them at home. But that you're not doing it right. You got to go to the cider mill. You got to get the fresh cider. You got to have the hot donut. Um, with the, the bag that's got all the grease, um, spill cinnamon sugar all, all down the front of you. Like, you've got to have the experience. Does anybody here, I, I don't know if most people know he, hear what Entenmann's is. Oh, they should. It's at a grocery store. Is, is it? I, I, I mean, I know it's more of like the East Coast icon. Yeah. But. Yeah, you're, you're talking like tasty cakes. You, you know what those are, right? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, um... Yeah. I'm actually. What quite, is your favorite apple thing? I don't have an apple. Th- I I don't I don't do the stuff that people do. You you should know that by now. You have candy corn. Who needs apples when you have candy corn? You know I I, I <laughs> eat apples year round, and I cut them up into slices, and I dip them into melted peanut butter, chunky. There you go. So I like that. That's my apple thing. Um, awesome, and, and uh, not that this resonates with with people that that listen, but I think people know that you are involved in the Jewish community, and you are not Jewish. 
You are a you are a working gentile. On it. Working on it, getting you're, there. <laughs> you're a goyim. You're you're all the the borderline slurs that we call you. But you are uh, you are now an award winning member and uh, the the highest oh. level of honorary Jew for your participation and and workmanship and volunteerism for our lovely little two thousand person community here. So congratulations! It's there is nobody at least within the religion more deserving than you. You are so sweet. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Um, I was deeply, deeply honored. Um, the Jewish Federation of Greater Toledo uh, gave me its Spirit of Light Award to thank me for my contributions yeah. when I see so many people giving so much, and I always feel like like it's it's I, I don't have the time, I don't have the resources to give everything that's in my heart that I would like to. So I was I was so honored and so humbled and so flattered. And so thank you for that because it's a small but mighty community just filled with amazing, wonderful people. Can I ask you something real fast about our calls? Um, sure. And I guess like me involved in the community at large. Uh, so mm-hmm. I don't have a whole lot to offer. Like I don't do the, the Rosh Hashanah roll by is coming up. Uh, I don't do a lot of parts. I'm going to be handing out goodies. You should join me. Uh, and that's my thing. Um, not that anybody will disparage me, but I know that I could do a little bit more and, and I don't. And I think, I think some of it, some of it, and I use an excuse that you could, but we're just, we're just different people. I think some of it is a lot of the things are, are, are for families. Like you're talking about like, what's my favorite apple thing? Having an apple with some peanut butter, not like the, the, the events that come with it. And not that I feel excluded, but a lot of the things are, are more family centric. And, and that is just a really lousy excuse on my part. But I know that Hallie. Well, no, I wouldn't necessarily say that that's a lousy excuse because I feel as somebody who's too young, not for too long, but too young for the senior activities. And, and many of them take place during the day. So I'm, I'm working anyway and I couldn't do them. I'm too old for the next generation, which is like the 20s, 30s, and early 40s. Um, a lot of things are family-oriented, you know, so I get that. Like, it's as many different options as there are, as many different activities, as many different ways to welcome people as there are, whether they're in person, whether they're inside, outside, drive-through, whatever. It can still be sometimes a little bit difficult to kind of find your place where you're comfortable. I know that I get a latitude because there is no bigger fan, not even within the family, of Hallie's son Miles than me. So I, yeah. I, I, I get the latitude. You do, but see, so something like the the roll by for me is fun because it kind of puts me in the holiday spirit because I go and and it's like you know being being Santa handing out yes. handing out goodies, um, and I get to see my friends and I get to wish them a, a happy New Year. For those who don't know, Rosh Hashanah is the Jewish New Year. I get to 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 wish you know fifty Shana Tovaz as the cars come through, say hi to people, ask how they're doing. And, and it's just sort of a festive beginning. I used to work at synagogue when I lived in Ann Arbor, and we spent the whole summer working towards the high holidays. And let me tell you something. Everybody who was working at Shul, getting ready for the holidays, from writing sermons to cleaning to ordering flowers to ordering more chairs, because this is like the equivalent of Christmas and Easter, where people who don't show up in Shul all year long will have their butts in the seats for Yom Kippur. Um, 
a lot of a lot of shoals ask um, require that you have tickets. You have to renew membership. Nobody knows how hard the people at Shoal are working, especially in these next couple of weeks, to get ready for the high holidays. And and so not having that here, because I'm not mired in that getting ready for the holidays at Shoal, something like the roll-by sort of gets me in the holiday spirit. So that's, that's really why I do it. Because for me, for me, it sort of means the new year is here. It's the start of my celebration. And your participation in that and so many other things is why you were more than deserving of yeah. that award. They, they should name the award after you. Uh, last thing, and this is like super, super personal, but nobody's made it this far in the podcast. Um, I, I, I really like the group that's on our, our, our programming calls. I do enjoy those. Um, do you know how old Lauren is? That's her name, right? Lauren, Lauren Runzos? Lauren Sachs? Yes. Yeah. Do you know how old Lauren um, is? Cause I, I almost, yeah. I almost spit out my I whiskey. I almost spit is out that- my, go ahead. I was spit out some very expensive whiskey when I found out how old she was, is. She's older than you think. Uh, a lot. I and, don't know an exact age, but I know she's older than you think. Yes. By like 15 years. I I I was yeah. stunned. Stun- and it's hard to do that to me. I couldn't believe it. So thankfully I didn't spit that whiskey out and I was able to swallow it and get and collect myself. Well, that's but- good. Yeah, there, it's a gr- it's a good no, group. No, Lauren people. is wonderful. When I first came here, she was the representative from Federation who met me with a whole welcome wagon goodie bag, and we had coffee, and and she told me about all the different you know projects and programs and shows and things that were going on here. I still use I still use that tote bag that that she gave me almost nine years ago, um, because the community the community means so much to me. Ben's not Jewish, right? I don't think so. Mm. Okay. I mean, it just shows his... But I can't, I, I can't promise that. I, it just, I, I don't think he is. I think he might have mentioned something on the last call. Just, just goes to show his talent uh, that, we can, that we can bring someone from uh, one of the Goyim in um, because we are that welcoming. But he's a really good dude. He, uh, he came from the he's library. He's a great addition. Yeah. They've, they've, they've got such a, such a great group of people over there. I always give my friend Jason at the library a hard time because he's always grabbing people from other places. So I was like, this is what you get. Ben left you. So. That's right. <laughs> All right. Um, I will, I'll talk to you the rest of the, this week. And uh, thank yeah. you as always. It's always, always a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you so much. Live long, live <laughs> long and infuse the candy corn in the vodka, right? There you go. That's an important project. See, you can't do anything else. You can't You can't be at the roll-by. You've got to tend to this vodka. That's an important job. Yes, because nobody's going <laughs> to... Um, hey, is there is there candy corn ice cream anywhere that I can get? Not that I know of, but that's another project that we need to work on, okay. along with the, the candy corn pumpkin spice lattes. Awesome. All right, I'll talk to you soon. We'll Thank you. And we'll buy the Imperial Crown from Charles. I like it. I like it. And we'll put candy corn on, on, on the on the on the crown. Excellent. There you go. All right, I'll talk to you soon. All righty, bye-bye. Bye.